0: What's going on, everybody? This should be an episode. episode of some sort. <laughs> we got some big news this week, uh, from casting news to first looks at Hugh Jackman as Wolverine in Deadpool 3, a new Ahsoka trailer, some controversy surrounding the DCU, as always. Uh, Bob Iger also made some interesting remarks, so we're going to get into all that here on today's episode of Bridging the Geekdoms. What's going on, everyone? How's it shaking? Um, am I looping? Am I not looping? I don't know what's going on there. We'll figure it out. What's up? And our first commenter of the day, Lawrence. What's up, man? How's it going? Hopefully you're having a good uh, good week. Good week. I'm hoping this, this episode is a good one for everybody. I'm feeling a little under the weather, though, so I do apologize right now. I'm hoping I don't cough too much. Just some sinus type of stuff. It sucks. It truly, truly sucks. All right, but how's it going, everybody? Yeah, it's been a week. I've had some pushback. I I posted a video earlier this week. And I'm going to start this new series on YouTube called What Went Wrong. And basically, I'm going to talk about franchises or you know film series that had that that went wrong in some form or fashion and the first one i did was what went wrong with the dceu uh, so yeah I, I talked about that and I, I, the main idea behind this series and these videos is to discover to discuss and figure out exactly what it was that like that that defining moment that ruined that franchise or series so if you haven't yet go check out that video and so again it's over on youtube i got a lot of pushback from some people because of my opinion on it uh so yeah that's that's that so go check that out if you can uh, other than that Lawrence says i'm doing good nothing much i'm excited for superman legacy as am i sir as am i Uh, But before we get into the Superman legacy of things, because we have some, uh, oh, we have things like the Ahsoka trailer reaction. And I'm going to pull it up here. I'm not going to necessarily watch it uh, completely, but I do want to kind of like jump through it here because it was a good trailer. I I I will, you know, I'm not going to say it's not a good trailer. I mean, you got Ray Stevenson here looking menacing and you know again this series the problem that i've had with star wars lately is that i don't know whether to be excited about something or not this looks fantastic and it's a character that we've all grown to grown to love in ahsoka but you take a look at a film or a, a series like obi-wan which truly 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 hurt because of how bad it was you know book of boba fett wasn't great mandalorian season 3 was was rocky at times so it's like do we want to be excited for this because i do i truly want to be excited for this i mean just stuff like this looks so amazing Like, such cool shots that they're putting in this trailer and in this show. And we're going to have some cool action. We're going to have some cool moments. You know, we're getting some of these characters. Besides Ahsoka, we're getting Chopper. We're getting Hera. We're getting Sabine. We're getting, uh, most likely, Ezra. I mean, we're getting a bunch of things that we all want to see. But... Is it going to be good? Is this a show that I, that you, that everyone should be hyped up for? Is it? I, I I mean, I want to be. I want to be more than anyone else probably because I love Star Wars, but I'm just having trouble right now, guys. I'm having trouble. Triton, also, I unapologetically love the Obi-Wan show. Seeing Hayden and Ewan again was something I never thought would happen. Oh man, Triton, disappointing me, buddy. That show should have been a hundred times better. And it just, it didn't, it didn't. Trent says, I don't have did any plus. That sucks. Uh, but uh, again, this trailer, I love, I love this part with the mural that is the art style from the rebel show. I love that. That's so great. Um, I think we see it again here. Yeah, right there. I love that. Uh, But, you know, seeing these characters together in live action, and there's the big ta-da is Thrawn, Grand Admiral Thrawn. Again, you know, I want to be excited for this. I'm just having trouble. But I want to know what you guys think. What, What do you all feel? Do you feel like this is going to be a show that does justice? Do you think it's going to be a show that takes the star wars franchise to the next level that's what i want to know that's what i'm hoping for because if you ask me the last few years of star wars just hasn't been great and that's disappointing to me so let me know your thoughts I think it's going to be cool. I did hear a rumor that Sam Witwer would be playing, I believe it's this Inquisitor right here uh, in this show, which I think could be pretty cool if you ask me. I mean, I'm a big Sam Witwer fan. I don't know about you. Triton says, I think my Superman Legacy comment keeps getting deleted for some reason. Weird. I don't see it says i'm going to watch it but i have no hype for it talking about ahsoka and uh, let's see triton says as i understand it dave feloni hasn't screwed up yet so i'd say that's a good sign a- again you're right dave Filoni. i mean resistance wasn't a great cartoon but he wasn't as hands-on with that as he was with say clone wars rebels um and obviously the ahsoka series and he, he, he and Favreau did great with The Mandalorian, has done great with The Mandalorian. Again, season three, I felt was a little, I don't know, I, I wasn't a, I, I enjoyed season three, but I wasn't a huge fan of season three. Uh, again, my worries don't fall with that. It falls with the way Lucasfilm has been directing Star Wars right now, has been pushing Star Wars. So that's my worry. Wentworth is awesome and everything. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I love what Sam where. I think he's great. But I hope, you know, I, I I hope this series delivers. I want it to deliver. And I'm curious, like, where is is Ahsoka going to die in this? Are we going to get a second season of Ahsoka? Are we going to? There's a lot of questions that I want answered. So I want to be excited because I want to see what those, if those answers or those questions are answered. But I don't know, man. I don't know. all right we're gonna move on uh because i do want to not stick to the the news section too much uh wolverine on deadpool 3 set uh this is possible spoilers for those of you who are watching so keep in mind uh but yeah i mean we got our first look and here it is first look and you know i don't know if i can find it here because there was some other footage like i mean there's been a lot of coming out from the set there are scenes of them fighting there was uh, footage i should say not scenes footage of them fighting in front of a 20th century studios or 20th century fox uh logo you know like the where the fanfare plays with the the logo and everything it's all crumbled in the background i thought that was pretty cool i think it's this is pretty much telling us that this movie is going to be uh deadpool destroys marvel or you know destroys the marvel fox marvel universe or something like that he's going to be the linchpin i think that's going to bring all of this together in some form or fashion through time travel and what have you so it's going to be interesting i do want to see what he's going to do here this movie i think is going to rock i have high hopes for it deadpool 2 wasn't my favorite but My daughters have watched it over and over and over again, so I probably enjoy it less because of that. (laughs) But I got to say, I'm all for this. The yellow suit, you know, it sucks that he has the sleeves. I get that. Uh, We could see a moment where he rips them off or he doesn't have them on, I think, in the movie. Hell, if the crowd speaks up loud enough, they could easily find a way to remove them, you know, post-production possibly. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? But I I love this. What do you guys think? I want to know your thoughts on what's going on with Deadpool three. And honestly, it's a little worrisome because of the actors going on strike now. alongside the writer's strike. So this could cause this to be delayed even more. I don't know how that works. I don't know. I think they're filming over in the UK. So I don't know being in the UK has any effect on that. If they're not, uh, beholden to the same regulations that SAG has in America excuse me Triton says a comic book movie I actually want to watch in the cinema yeah I think this is going to be great like I, I just there's not really any any reason not to be excited about this you know Ryan Reynolds has done great with the Deadpool character uh, the the two movies were fantastic. The first one, I think, like I said, was better. I think it was better than the second. But then you have Hugh Jackman, who everybody loves as Wolverine. My only my only issue is, you know, we need to get to a point at some at, at some time. We need to get to a point where they go, all right. This is our new Wolverine. Is it going to happen in this movie? I think that would be interesting. I think it would be really interesting if they did that. Triton says, thank God it's still rated R. I agree. Uh, I don't think it's that big of a deal. I think you need to have it R, but I, I I think that it's, if we're focusing so much on the rated R aspect of it, if we're focusing so much on the fact that uh, we, we want it to be rated R, we're looking at the wrong thing. Uh, as long as they do well with the writing and the directing and everything. I don't care if it's R, if it's PG 13, if it's PG, I don't care as long as it's a good movie. Uh, so yeah, I mean, yes, I'm happy. It's R because it, they're going to have a little more freedom in the way they handle the jokes and the characters. But I don't think that would have, I don't think that would have ruined my excitement for seeing a Deadpool film if it wasn't rated R, but I can't wait. I cannot wait. Uh, next year can't come soon enough. But again, I have a feeling a lot of these things are going to get delayed again with these, uh, these strikes going on right now. Triton says, recasting Wolverine is going to be the hardest superhero recasting ever. Over 20 years of Hugh Jackman. That's ludicrous. I don't envy whoever plays the character next. And this is the name that I've been saying... When did Logan come out? What was that, 2015? So since 2015, 2016, whenever Logan came out. Since then, this is the name I've been saying. Zach Efron. And everybody always laughs at me. Everybody says, no, no, no. Dude could pull it off. I have no doubt in my mind that Zach Efron could pull that off. Sure, there's other people out there that could do a good job. But Zach Efron would be my choice. Uh, of course, I think that he should be shazam in the new dcu i think that that would be my first choice for for zach efron uh but besides that i think he would be a damn good wolverine if they decide to recast and they need somebody but i don't know if he's going to do superhero films like you have to figure they had they've had to have come to him at some point by this time i just i can't i don't know why they haven't why he hasn't been in one yet i don't know Alright, moving on. This one, this one is is interesting. So, obviously Bob Iger is the big man in Disney. He's the CEO, he's the head of Disney. Uh, he was only supposed to be there for what, two years, three years, two years, something like that. Uh, when they let go of Bob Chapek, Bob Iger was brought in to fix the problems, fix all the issues that happened since he left in 2020, I believe he left, 2021, something like that. So he comes back, and then they extend him until 2026 at this point now because they're not able to get it done. And, you know, I, I sit there, and I understand why Bob Iger says this and it's really interesting because he's not completely wrong Uh, you know he was talking uh let's see he was talking on cnbc and he confessed that the studio has been putting out too much content on disney plus which he believes is in part the reason for recent poor box office openings He said that over the last year, the two biggest box office bombs with a combined loss of almost $300 million each were Disney animated movies Strange World and Lightyear. The films had followed mainly straight to Disney Plus releases for uh, Pixar Soul, Luca, and Turning Red under the now dismissed Bob Chapek. Meanwhile, post-Avengers Endgame Marvel has been introducing TV shows to the streaming service that Iger thinks there are too many of. And has resulted in blockbusters like Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantum Manium, failing to cross $500 million worldwide. Iger said, there have been some disappointments. We would have liked some of our more recent releases to perform better. It's reflective not as a problem from a personnel perspective, but I think in our zeal to basically grow our content significantly to serve mostly our streaming offerings. We ended up taxing our people way beyond, in terms of their time and their focus, way beyond where they had been. He then went on to point the finger at Marvel Studios in particular as one of those to blame, adding, Marvel's a great example of that. They had not been in the TV business at any significant level. Not only did they increase their movie output, but they ended up making a number of television television series, and frankly, it diluted focus and attention. That is, I think, more of the cause than anything. again, I don't think he's wrong. And I understand where he's coming from and why he's saying this. And I've been saying this for a number of months. You take a look at phases one through three, we had 20, what, 22, 23, you know, projects in that amount of time. Um, But in phase four, we've had, what, 17 or 20 projects. It's absolutely insane. The amount of content that has come out in that short amount of time. <coughs> Excuse me. And that is a huge problem for sure. But I think he's pointing the finger at the wrong place here. And Triton says Marvel has saturated the entire genre. And, and again, I don't disagree. But I think that <coughs> we got to look at Hollywood <coughs> and their trends. Hollywood is interesting because they don't stick with a trend very long. I mean, you go all the way back to Westerns, and that was like a decade, decade plus, where there was just Westerns were the big deal. Then you had that time where it was the the sci-fi the science fiction trend you had the time of the the 80s action-esque type of films then you had the 90s action-esque and and spy thrillers in the early 2000s we started the superhero genre but it wasn't quite there yet that was kind of we were were actually more on the comedy side of that young teen comedies were like the big go-to's in the in the early 2000s and we then moved into the superhero genre late 2000s and for the last 15 years so everything is it, 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 i won't say it's cyclical because i don't think we've had enough time to see it come back around to go to westerns or what have you <clears throat> but that's how hollywood works because the audience gets bored with things and and that's very true and when you oversaturate and you put out more content than ever before the audience is going to get bored faster with all of that and that's that is a problem so again i don't think he's wrong i don't think you're wrong triton that they've oversaturated the genre because we have had so many comic book movies so many superhero films and projects and tv shows in the last 15 years but i will say the one thing that i will say is that it also comes down to quality and they could have put out all these projects had the quality all been on par with what came out prior or better i don't think we would be having this conversation i think that movies would still be doing well uh to a certain point but we also have to look at the current climate of the movie going of the moving movie going audience it's not just superhero films that are failing they talk about pixar films failing they talk you know there's other films out there that are you know what films are not failing it's those low budget horror films or those low budget rom-coms or those you you notice the main word there low budget these higher budget movies aren't making the money back that they need to make back. Look, flash failed and it shouldn't have flash was a damn good movie, but it failed because the quality of those films has not been up to par for a number of years. Those types of films and and, and TV shows just have disappointed secret invasion is bombing right now on Disney plus it's not a terrible show, but it's not great because and, and and that is this sign that is what people need to look at is the quality so again is the oversaturation part of it yes but i think quality is part of it i think the current trend with the movie going audience is a problem look there's been bad movies that for the the history of the world since movies have been a thing there have been bad movies but the box office is down yes it is up from last year and it's up from the year before but don't forget that 2020 2021 2022 we were dealing with the pandemic still and we haven't fully recovered from that in a sense financially our country the united states you know if you're from somewhere else i don't know how your country's doing but inflation is wild here and you know you have to decide is it worth getting in the car, spending $10 in gas to go to a movie theater, to then spend $10 per ticket, to then spend $25, $30 on popcorn and a drink and maybe some candy, sit in a a room for two hours and maybe enjoy myself, maybe not. When, crap, I need that money to buy food in the house or to take my kids to dance class or take them to piano class or what have you. Those are what the thing, those are the things that are going on right now in the world, and especially in the, in the United States. So, you have to take a look at all of that. So, Disney Plus, the streaming side of things haven't, there are too many streaming services, but it's not the main reason why these movies aren't succeeding. Studios just need to say, look, we're not putting out a movie 30 days after we put it in theaters on streaming and boom, you fix the streaming issue because that's been a big, that's been a big problem. Why are they putting movies on streaming 30 days, 35 days, 45 days after it was in theaters? Don't do that. Don't release it on video 45, 50 days after it uh, was in theaters. Granted, you may not be able to put it, keep it in theaters longer, but you will train the audience that, okay, if I don't catch it in theaters in those 30, 40 days that it's in theaters, I'm not going to get to see it for another six months. So I'm going to, you have to make them go to the theater. And I think that's another issue there. All right. Uh, Let's see. What have I missed here? Triton says, you can easily go out, buy relatively cheap if you look hard enough, and binge the entire Infinity Saga. The shows make playing MCU catch-up impossible without Disney+. Plus. Be interesting to see how the upcoming Star Wars films do at the box office unless things change by then. So I'm going to stick to your first comment here, Triton, where you say you can easily go out by and binge the entire Infinity Saga. <clears throat> the shows make playing MCU catch-up impossible without Disney+. Plus. I I have to say that... Marvel has done relatively a good job in having those shows connected but not connected at the same time. <clears throat> the only one that I would say would truly benefit watching like the only show I would say would you would truly benefit from watching before watching the movie that is connected to it is WandaVision. But even then Dr. Strange in the Multiverse of Madness negates WandaVision, thus making it pointless, but also almost making it required. You're almost required to watch WandaVision to understand her motive. But, but Dr. Strange in the Multiverse of Madness negates what the finale of WandaVision was in her and her realization and her development in that show. So to me, I think they dropped the ball there. But I think that's probably the closest and only the only real show that you'll get anything out of watching. Um, Everything else has been pretty disconnected to a certain point. Uh, Thankfully so, because She-Hulk was terrible. Uh, Getting to your next thing here. Be interesting to see how upcoming Star Wars films do. And, And you're not wrong. It will be interesting to see how the next Star Wars films do, because, you know, the last three, well, four were billion. eh, No, not even four. Last three were billion dollar movies. Last few were billion dollar films. Um, Again, and and I want to stress this, you know, right now, the way our economy is, the way the audience is, the way that we look at quality, we are not going to see many billion-dollar films. And the billion-dollar number should not be the bar, ever. Ever. The billion-dollar number should not ever be the bar on whether something is successful or not. And that's what a lot of people say. And I know you weren't saying that, Triton, so don't, don't, I'm not saying you said that. But that's what a lot of people say. And, you know, the success... And Bob Iger kind of says it really well here uh, when he's talking, or was it him? No, um, it, it's the Express or CNBC or whomever is writing this article. You know, they say and uh, Ant-Man of the Wasp failing to cross 500 million. See, 500 million used to be the bar. It used to be that bar like, can it cross 500 million? Because most films would range in being made between 100 and 200 million, with you then double the the you know the cost with marketing you're looking at 150 million film total cost with marketing is like 300 million dollars so that 500 million was typically your mark to say was it successful was it not uh and and that was a lot closer to what we should be looking at and we still we still should be looking at that except for you have movies like indiana jones which cost what 300 million dollars to make for no damn reason or whatever i don't know how much it was, or how much it was but i know it was more than it should have been but that's what we should be looking at uh, and so quality expectations and yeah changing the, re- the way things are released i think is what's going to solve this problem for not just disney but all studios Triton says, isn't Loki required because it introduces Kang and Falcon and the Winter Soldier required as it, so it properly establishes Sam as the new Captain America? Well, Loki is not required because I know people who watch Quantum, uh, Quantumania or Ant-Man and the Wasp who didn't watch Loki and they weren't confused on who Kang was. They did a good job in establishing who Kang is because that was a different variant in Loki, the variant in Loki was uh, what he who should shall not be named. This was Kang. So that, that's not required. It, it enhances, but it's not required. When it comes to Falcon and the Winter Soldier to the next Captain America, that's to be seen. <clears throat> we don't know. It depends on how well they write that film and how well they establish and talk about you know sam being the new captain america in that my fear is that they're gonna do in like the first like 15 20 minutes of that movie they're gonna have sam go through his little poutiness and saying i don't know if i can do this i don't know if i should be captain america just like he was doing in the in the show again negating the show because that that seems to be uh a trend in some forms. Uh, like I said, between Dr. Strange and WandaVision, at least it was. (laughs) Uh, yeah. Lawrence says, yeah, I don't know why people say the Batman was a flop. Here's the thing. You have two types of flops, Lawrence. You got two types of flops. You have financial flop and you have critical flops. You can have a movie be financially successful and critically flop. You can have a movie critically flop, and or you can have a movie, and you can do both ways: critically flop, financially successful; financially flop, critically f- successful. You can have that happen; it happens quite often. I take a look at something like, um, what you call it, uh, Venom. <clears throat> that movie's terrible, terrible. It should be a critical failure. It should be like, if you're a Rotten Tomatoes guy, it should be like a one on the Rotten Tomatoes scale. It's not. It's higher than that. I don't know what it is. I don't care what it is. But it was also financially successful. I take a look at The Flash. The Flash was a damn good time. And it's a critical darling. People, critics love it. People love it. Yet, it made what? Not even... 300 million dollars i don't even think it made 300 million so it's possible for that to happen so you have to remember that (laughs) the batman on the other hand batman was critically loved audience loved it and it made a lot of money so i don't think it's a flop in any way shape or form i don't like it but yeah but it's interesting it really is interesting this is a this is a conversation that needs to be had like, how are studios, right now these strikes are going on. This is perfect opportunity for them to sit back and say, let's write this ship. Let's get people back to the theater. Let's fix these, these movies that are financially failing. Let's find out how we can make more money. And it's going to come down to lower budget stuff. <clears throat> Man, that's what's going to happen. <clears throat> but let me know i want to know your thoughts again sorry under the weather a little bit here coughing trying not to trying to drink water so i don't cough but it's not helping so let's get into our final topic <clears throat> superman legacy casting news mr terrific Hawkgirl, girl green lantern and not only that But we got, um, what's his name, Uh, Metamorpho, Metamorpho also. Let's take a look, let me pull this up here. Superman Legacy announces casting for four major characters. And there's controversy surrounding this, like why, why? I don't understand, people are ridiculous. People are absolutely ridiculous. Thank you, Triton. (laughs) I figured you had some thoughts, Triton. I figured you had some thoughts. Uh, All right. So people are freaking out. Um, But it seems like anytime James Gunn breathes, people want to freak out in any way, shape, or form. And it's getting ridiculous, in my opinion. But here we go. Hawker will be played by Dora the Explorer, Isabella Merced or Merced or I can't say names. Uh, so she'll be playing Hawker. She's 22 years old. Um, I, I will say because you know everybody's just kind of going off this whole Dora thing. I will say I, I watched the Dora movie. I thought it was good. I thought she did fantastic in it. I think she's going to do well as Hawker. Uh, my I am curious if they're going to what route they're going to go with Hawk girl are they going to go the route of being uh you know reborn and kind of the idea of uh, kind of um what's what is it called um you know with the egypt and the the that backstory are they going to go with thana thanagarian as being a planet that kind of stuff so i'm curious on how they're going to utilize her uh but heck <clears throat> i am all for it We got Edie Gathagi. I can't remember. I, again, I'm terrible at names. But he's going to be playing Mr. Terrific. Now, he was in X Men First Class, as pictured right here. Uh, he was a character that can't die, but died in X Men First Class, which is annoying to me. <laughs> but uh, he will be playing Mr. Terrific, who's one of, if not the smartest man in the DC unit, in the DC you know, comic series or comic books. So I'm, I'm excited for this. I am excited for this. I think, you know, we're going to get these characters brought into the DCU. So down the line, they're there. They're going to be able to be used. This isn't necessarily going to be a huge ensemble. This is going to be a Superman film, but you need to make sure that you establish that there are meta humans, that there are superpowered beings that are already Running around and protecting the planet. Ah, we also got Nathan Fillion. This is the one that a lot of people, a lot of people are not happy with. Nathan Fillion will be playing Green Lantern Guy Gardner and Superman Legacy. I think he fits the role really, really well. I do, minus not having red hair, but I, you can get past that. Uh, but I think he fits the role great. a little older than I would think Guy Gardner to be because he was, um, I I don't think that they should be using somebody, but I take that back. I won't say he's too old, um, but the perception of his age is what is really hurting uh, his casting for sure. Anthony Kerrigan will play Metamorpho, the element man <laughs> in superman legacy so this is a hero from 1960s uh metamorpho uh he sports a very weird design i'm kind of reading this from here um in all the comics and has been around since 1965 His name is Rex Mason, a soldier of fortune. He was cursed by the orb of Ra in the Egyptian tomb and gained the ability to shape, shift and change his body into any element or combination of elements. Metamorpho had his own series in the 60s, which spawned the groovy vinyl record with a catchy theme song. Over the years, he's been a member of teams like the Justice League, uh, Batman's Outsiders, the Doom Patrol, and most recently, the Terrifics, Mr. Terrifics' own team. (gasps) maybe that's what they're doing people maybe they're doing the terrifics could be interesting but those are the big casting news so you know we got uh corn sweat is superman we got rosnahan is Lois lane and then we have these people in their roles but why are people angry i think i think triton you may have something to say about this Snyder got flack for introducing Batman and Wonder Woman and teasing Flash, Aquaman, and Cyborg and BVS. Meanwhile, Gunn is just shoving half a dozen characters in the legacy and no one is complaining. Well, first off, Triton, first off, (laughs) there are many people complaining. Many, many people complaining. But let's let's look at this logically for a second, Triton, okay? Because I want to explain something. A lot of people have forgotten what was going on in 2015 2016 on the build-up to batman versus superman a lot of people don't realize or don't remember that there was massive hype fans were excited where the people the people that weren't excited were the people who were not into snyder's uh you know the way that he he did films they weren't a big fan of man of steel maybe they didn't like ben affleck being cast as batman so those were the people who were not excited on the build-up to bvs we knew that we were going to see aquaman in it we knew that wonder woman was going to be there we knew batman we knew superman so on the build-up people weren't sitting there saying they're rushing there's too many people yes there are people saying they're rushing there were Uh, but for different reasons they were saying they're rushing they're trying to catch up to marvel that's what they were saying then they weren't saying they're rushing they're putting too many characters in there, and it's not going to work. And even after the movie came out, that wasn't the complaint. It wasn't. The complaint for BVS was the use of the characters. People loved Batman. Batman worked in it. People liked Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman worked in it. Where people were a little upset is how they utilized and how they introduced Aquaman and Flash and Cyborg. They felt that it didn't need to be done that way. They wanted to have it Marvelized. They wanted things to be like Marvel in 2015, 2016. And that was an issue back then. Again, I kind of just talked about it a little bit ago, how audience, you know, they change over time. The way they view films, the way they view stories, the way they view things, their opinions will change. That's not to say that what happens here in Superman legacy is going to be better. It could be worse. It could not work. It could be overstuffed. But the one thing that James Gunn is able to do is he's able to have an ensemble cast. He's able to utilize an ensemble cast very well and not lose focus of the story. He's done that a handful of times now, handful of times And again, I don't think this movie is going to be an ensemble film. I believe him when he says this is Superman and Lewis's film. I believe him. But he's going to establish the the world. You know, we we know in Man of Steel, Man of Steel, when Superman revealed it was revealed in Man of Steel, it was shock and awe to the world because there were no metahumans nobody knew of metahumans back then oddly enough suicide squad kind of ruined that take but the world was like whoa what is this thing what is this being there was they weren't saying oh let's call up this person let's call up this person to go fix that no they were you know so when you get to bvs and then all of a sudden boom you go from a movie that Didn't have any established metahumans in it. Didn't have any established back lore to a larger DC universe. To a movie that's just like, oh, they're here. We just didn't want to talk about it. That's where people got upset. It didn't work for people. That's the business. That's, you know, people either buy it or they don't buy it. It worked for me. Triton works for you. Lawrence is saying here, BVS was just boring to me. because I think the extra superhero is just there for the fight. I don't even think that Lawrence, I don't think they're going to be in there for the fight. I mean, they maybe, maybe they show up for the fight, but I don't know. I I don't know. Superman legacy is kind of going to be like Superman and Lois. Maybe. Um, I don't think it's gonna be like Superman and Lois that like the, like you're thinking, I think it's going to be establishing the type of relationship that Clark and Lois have the type of relationship Superman has with other heroes, with the world. And going to build from there. That's what I think it's going to be more like. Triton says, I'm aware the hypocrisy is ridiculous. I'm sorry. I, I don't see the hypocrisy there. I don't. Because the, you nobody was saying that until they saw the movie. Because they were giving it a chance. They wanted to see how these characters would show up and how they would be utilized and how things would play out in the movie. Again, the people who were saying they're rushing it were the people who were big Marvel fans and saying, oh, look, they're just trying to catch up to Marvel. You can't say that here. They're not rushing it to catch up to Marvel. They're not rushing it to just have it. It seems like James Gunn has a a plan, has story ideas. And I think... Again, not saying that you have to see Superman Legacy, not saying anybody has to see any movie, but to properly criticize, to properly sit there and say, oh, this is the same thing or it's hypocrisy or it's people are ridiculous. You have to see the movie and we have to see the reactions at that point. Because I'm going to tell you right now, we're going to see other heroes cast for this film. Same thing's going to happen for brave and the bold same thing's going to happen for the green lantern show there's going to be multiple characters in all of these things because that's what the people want that's what is going to get people in seats that's what's going to get people to put their eyes on the screen who's going to pop up next and it's not going to be like a oh who's going to well i'm going to see who pops up next you're going to go and see for the, the adventure and the story. And then you're like, I wonder if, Oh man, look, it's condiment King. Yeah. I was pulling names out of my ass. Donomatopoeia. That's one character I would love to see in live action, but you know, you see, you're going to see more heroes, more villains popping up than we've ever seen in Marvel or in DC in the DCU prior. And again, it's all about how it's executed and how they're utilized. That is the big thing. Uh, Justice League anime, unlimited style. Yes, that is a great example. I love that you say that, Lawrence, because that is a good example of it. You go watch Justice League Unlimited and up in the, the watchtower, you have what, like 200 superheroes up there? And they're just there. 90% of them aren't even talked about in most of the episodes. they are just in the background and you'll see, you know, Red Tornado. You'll see, I don't know, uh, Mr. Terrific in the background. You'll see these characters back there, but not necessarily being used. If this is a world that's already established with Heroes Within, let's just say, let's say, Metamorpho lives in, in in Metropolis, and there's an attack on Metropolis. Sure, Superman's going to show up, but you know who else is going to show up? Metamorpho. That's, that makes sense. That's how that works. If you have heroes living in the same vicinity and there's an attack, all the heroes are going to show up, unless you're Batman. <laughs> and you know, well, I don't need to show up. Superman's got this, or if it's Gotham and he says, nope, this is my territory. Everybody else stay the hell out. That's pretty much it. That's, and I think that's how it's going to work. I think that there's going to be something that happens that all these characters are going to be brought together for a short scene, maybe two. And you're going to, they're going to establish that there is a green lantern. You're going to establish that there's a Thanagarian. Mr. Terrific could be, you know, maybe he's, the one talking about putting together the watchtower. Maybe we're going to get the watchtower. Who knows? But regardless, there's no hypocrisy here. There's no, there's no reason to sit there and say, oh, well, you know, people are just saying this. People are just, uh, you know, excited because it's not Snyder or people, are being you know hypocritical because they didn't like this in 2016 again it's different circumstances different situations the audience looks at superhero genre differently than they did in 2015 2016 i just talked about this on twitter the other day you know people sit there and they're trying to say oh um you know people are moving the goalposts when it comes to you know, a successful film, you know, BVS was supposed to make a billion dollars, but you know, James Gunn's movie, that's going to have to make $2 billion with all the characters. It's like, no, you're not understanding the time frame. in 2016, the superhero genre was at its peak. It truly was at its peak in 2016. You, you almost couldn't, you couldn't miss with a superhero film. And I'm not saying that BVS was a failure that it flopped. It did not financially it was successful but when you have a movie that touts batman superman wonder woman the expectation is a billion dollars it did not hit that billion dollars it didn't hit that billion dollars at the peak of the superhero genre in the film industry with superman and batman so there was a there was a reason for that what was the reason well critically and Fan-wise, it wasn't received well. And there you have it. Sure made over $100 million, still financially successful, but the expectation was a billion. Today, in 2023, 2024, the expectation can't be a billion dollars. The expectation can't really even be $800 million. Because the superhero genre is on the decline. And just like that, you also have to take a look at, okay, how are fans looking at the superhero genre now? They want different types of stories. Zack Snyder, in my opinion, Zack Snyder was just too soon. If they would have waited until 2019 to start Zack Snyder's arc, I think it would have been fine. But I think it was just too soon. I do. I think that's that's a big reason for the issues. <coughs> Lawrence says they need to stop putting all the big uh, big in one month together. I don't know what you mean, Lawrence. I don't know what you mean. I don't know. I, I'm excited about Superman Legacy. I think, I think. It, again, uh, you, you said earlier, Troy, or, uh, Lawrence, James Gunn is cooking. This is going to be a fun movie. At the very least, it's going to be a fun movie. Because that's what James Gunn does. He makes fun films. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, let me know your thoughts on all of this. Um, I'm gonna start, and then the show here. God, my throat's killing me. I just don't want to keep coughing. But yeah, let me know your thoughts on all of this. Everything we talked about. Turn the comments in that poll. Or putting all the big movies in the same way. Uh, I mean, that, that happens in the summer. I mean, between May and the end, July. the end of July. You typically get anywhere from 8 to 12 big films. Uh, it's pretty typical. So, I mean, that's how it's always been. Um, But yeah, they have to rethink their strategy at this point because of the way the economy is and the way people go to films. So, I mean, you're not completely wrong. Uh, They just have to rethink their strategy. Make sure you hit that like button, hit subscribe, uh, find us on all your podcatching apps, at least the ones that matter, Spotify, Apple, Google, that kind of stuff. Um, Yeah. Thank you all for watching. Again, sorry, I just uh a little under the weather. Uh, but yeah. Next week, I do want to say next week, I'm not sure if we're gonna have a live show. I'm going to record something at the very least. Uh maybe a uh, you know, just a pre-recorded show. So keep that in mind. Um I got some stuff coming up next week. I'm trying to get either Colton or Ken or someone to be on the show next week and do the live show. So hopefully they can. If not, I will get something up in some form or fashion. So be on the lookout for that. But with all that said, everyone, thank you. Thank you so much for watching. And I'll talk to all of you later.